0: You are listening to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 57. All links and show notes can be found by going to slash 57. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself. Feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Aloha, supermoms. How are you? I am back from Hawaii. It was magnificent. (laughs) It was so perfect. Like right in the middle of winter, Oh, I needed it so badly. And although I booked to go by myself, I ended up having a mom friend join me. This is a friend that I met when our babies were just like three or four months old. So we have been in the trenches together through all those hard times, really for the first like two, three years, maybe. And then she moved to Seattle. So she flew from Seattle, met me in Hawaii Oh my gosh, it was so lovely. I got to coach with some of you and show you the beautiful view I had from my room. Oh, every time I walked outside and I felt the warm breeze against my skin, I just had this huge sigh of just delight. Like I just really appreciated every single second there. And it was great timing because when I come home, my husband tells me he's going on another really long business trip and it made it me not be so resentful and annoyed so that's always an upside so today in the podcast we are i'm going to answer a question from adrian adrian writes i have three kids nine six and two so pay attention to those ages mamas nine six and two my two-year-old is fiercely independent and loves to help around the house cook clean and do everything the older two are doing he's hyper aware of what's going on even if the adults are trying to hide it or talk about adult things he jumps in and asks about it anybody else have a kid like that he throws massive fits if he doesn't get what the other older kids have in an effort to prevent his tantrums i'm asking my older kids to hide their toy eat and watch tv later when he's not around I'm teaching my older kids to be sneaky to avoid him freaking out when he can't do what they are doing. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? Okay, Adrian. So, my parent educator answer is (laughs) this is so normal, right? Like, we want to avoid situations that cause our kids to freak out. That is pretty typical. Nobody enjoys a tantrum. When our kids are happy, it makes it easier for us to believe we're doing a good job as a mom, creating a peaceful home life. You've got three kids, including a challenging two-year-old. So if you make it through the day, I would just consider it a success. (laughs) These two, this is a temporary situation and you have found a way to make it easier on yourself. My parent educator answer would be to find ways to channel this, your youngest son's competitive personality. So like things like this, you could tell him, you know, scooters and bikes are for big kids. You're not going to be able to ride it until you're at least five. You know, that's going to totally fire him up (laughs) and you can just watch him spend an hour trying to prove you wrong. Or you could say, you know, there's no way you can clear the dishes off the table before the timer goes off. I don't, I don't think you're going to be fast enough to do that. Or I wonder which of my three kids can pick up the most toys in the shortest amount of time. You know, you can kind of use that driving competitive spirit to your advantage. It is so tempting to want to baby the baby of the family, but there is no way he is going to stand for that. We need this feisty driven personality to create social changes and make our world better. (laughs) Like, this is a a great skill and trait once it's not directed at you and the siblings. But it sounds like you've kind of got some youngest child syndrome going on here. So when psychologist Alfred Adler first wrote about birth order in 1927, he identified certain characteristics that were common in these kids. Because youngest children often felt left out and they learned to fight for attention. So what happens when they do that is certain characteristics would develop. These youngest children might become very highly social and socially savvy, uh, manipulative, like really good at kind of getting people to do what they want them to do. They might become very charming, funny, take uh, unnecessary risks, kind of see themselves as invincible. They might be creative and confident. They also might be viewed as less capable, spoiled, and dependent. It really depends on how the family interacts with this youngest child. So the environment that the youngest child really grows up in really has a strong influence. So I'm going to give you some tips to setting your three kids up for success, but most importantly, this youngest child. Number one, let your children figure out their own relationship with their younger brother. So you've got a pretty big age span here. It could be tempting to, you know, kind of employ your older children as like babysitters or helpers or allies at least, Um, But try not to interfere in any way and let them find their own ways of interacting that work for them. So that might be lots of conflict and lots of shoving out the door and slamming the door. As long as nobody's getting hurt, you know, to see if they can find a way they might interact or come together on something you never expected them to. And so we just kind of want to let them have the relationship that they're going to have and not to... Kind of dictate how it should go. So, number two is to make sure your youngest child has chores and responsibilities. At two years old, it's really tempting to have him not really have any responsibilities. And to make the older siblings, once it can start to build resentment, if the young, they feel like the younger one is getting away with stuff, breaking rules, having freedoms that they don't have, you know, they don't remember what. It was like when they were two, they don't realize that they got so spoiled and they didn't have any responsibilities. They're only looking at from today's frame of reference. So just kind of making sure that the two-year-old can have chores and things that he has to do as well. Number three, if somebody gets hurt, don't assume and blame the bigger kid. Even if you are sure that the bigger kid overstepped, Everybody takes responsibility for their own actions. So your older child may have, I always feel like there's always something you can apologize for. You know, you can always find something. So see if everyone can kind of take responsibility for their little part. If the baby gets pampered or receives more positive attention from mom and dad, older siblings can build resentment and then they don't want their little brother around And then that brother, little brother will fight to be around and it just can become this kind of contentious circle. So for the last two years of your life, your older kids have been hearing you prioritize the baby, right? Like the baby's crying. You're like, oh, I've got to go pick up the baby. I've got to put your baby to your brother to bed. I can't play with you because of your brother. I can't help you because he needs me. So my suggestion is to make sure that your older kids hear you telling the two-year-old to wait because of them. Okay, so this might be confusing. So like an example is like your two-year-old wakes up crying from a nap and you hear him on the monitor. Your natural instinct might be to get up and run and get the two-year-old. But if you're interacting with your older child at that moment, say to the monitor, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wait. I'm with your sister right now. So make sure that you're that both the older kids and the younger kids are hearing you prioritize all children equally. Okay? So if your brother's wailing for a snack or because he wants something, obviously he's going to be louder than the 6 and 9-year-old. Most likely he's going to be louder. And it's, you're going to want to d- react to him immediately in order to get him to stop crying. But if you could just say, I will get it as soon as I'm done helping your brother and just ignore him until you're done helping your brother with homework or playing a game or something, then both will all kids will learn that they are your priority and equally important. Okay. Okay. So the more you can help your older children feel positively towards their your younger sibling and not feeling resentful, the less he'll feel the need to be to fight to be accepted and to keep up with them. So we just kind of want to create this, you know, equal treatment for all of the siblings kind of without the typical way of like pampering the two-year old, okay? So that's my parenting suggestion and advice. Now we'll talk about the life coaching answer and kind of what gets in our way from this treating the siblings all equally and fairly and making sure that everybody knows they're loved and prioritized by mom. Well, the first thing I want to talk about is I think your maternal instincts are nagging at you because this problem that you described is not really that big of a problem But I think that intuitively, you know that you don't want to parent out of fear. So you recognize that one person isn't responsible for another person's emotions, I feel like. So like this two-year-old that's kind of throwing the fits and the temper tantrums and everybody else is kind of changing their behavior to prevent a meltdown is fearful parenting. If you heard another mom say, I always let my daughter win the game because if she doesn't, she throws such a fit that my afternoon is ruined. (laughs) You would totally get it. You would feel compassion for this mother, but your instincts might also kick in and wonder like, well, is that good to like... let her never lose and maybe once in a while she should let her daughter lose so she can kind of practice the skill of losing gracefully, right? So it's like on one hand, you totally get it. All of us moms do whatever we can to avoid meltdowns. On the other hand, you're kind of like, "Mm, maybe that's, you know, too much of one thing. So when you ask your kids to be sneaky, you wonder, I think in the back of your mind, if you're teaching your older kids, that it's their responsibility to make sure that their brother and their mother have a good day. This, of course, is going to build resentment in the older kids because it's never somebody else's responsibility to make us happy or to make the brother not throw a fit. Like only the brother should get to have that job. Even if your husband does something that makes the brother throw a fit, it's still the brother that's throwing the fit. We still get to be ourselves. (laughs) Those of us that live in the house can really say or do whatever we want. If the brother chooses to throw a tantrum, that is his business. Now, it's totally natural to want our older children to be allies in raising the youngest child and creating peace in the home. I mean, I used to do the same thing with my older son. I would tell him to be sneaky and hide things from his sister so she wouldn't throw a fit. Totally natural regretfully, I would get mad at him if he provoked his sister or said something that would cause her to freak out because nobody likes that, right? Like we don't want to have, you know, things are going nice and smoothly. We don't want to have a meltdown totally derail our day. But I remember the day this all changed. I was shopping in the grocery store and I was trying to decide which cheese to buy And I was hemming and hawing back and forth, which one, and kind of overthinking, ruminating. And I realized I was afraid of my four-year-old child's reaction if I chose the wrong cheese. My fear of my own child was controlling my behavior. I knew that I did not want to make decisions out of fear. So from that moment on, I made it my mission to not to try and control my daughter's mood or her behavior. I let her throw as many tantrums as she wanted. (laughs) I thought life would be more peaceful if I could control her tantrums. But it turns out that life is much more peaceful when you stop trying to control tantrums and you just give them permission to be there and like give your child permission to react however they're going to react is weirdly so much more relaxing than trying to buy the right cheese and say the right thing and not let your kids see the remote and not let them see the you know, cookies that big brother's eating. Like, we totally want to get into that mode to try to keep them from reacting. But if you can just say like, I'm gonna let her throw as many tantrums as she wants and I I still get to feel relaxed, that is so much more freeing. Do our actions have an effect on others? Absolutely. If your two-year-old throws a fit, it's going to have an effect on you. But is it our fault if someone reacts negatively to our actions? Absolutely not. So if I buy the wrong cheese and my daughter throws a fit, that is not my responsibility. (laughs) That is not something I need to feel bad about. I might choose to buy the cheese that she wants out of love, but just make sure you're not choosing it out of fear. You can ask your kids to hide their cookies from their brother. If they don't want to watch the reaction, they can kind of remind them, hey, you know, if little brother sees that cookie, he's going to throw a fit. And then they can choose to either let him see it or hide it. And that's their choice. But they can do it for themselves rather than a fear of how he's going to react. We really want to be clear with our kids that they are not responsible for their sibling's mood, nor is it their job to make sure our afternoon goes smoothly. We tell your kids, you made your sister cry, but really this isn't possible. No one can cause a negative feeling in someone else without their permission. Your son throws a tantrum when he sees his brother watching TV because of the thoughts that he has inside his head. He thinks it's not fair. I should be able to do whatever he's doing. We don't get to choose the thoughts that our kids think. We can offer them alternative suggestions. And we often do. We say like, it is fair. When he was two, he didn't get to watch this show. But as you might have noticed, this doesn't usually work very well to change the thoughts inside our kids' heads. So we give it a good try, but they're still going to think whatever they think. A circumstance like a TV remote or a cookie cannot cause an emotion. Losing a game does not cause a child to become angry. The child is mad because they have a thought like, I should have won, you cheated, it's not fair. Some kids might get mad when they lose a game. Some kids might get sad when they lose because they have a thought like, I never win. I'm stupid. Other kids aren't bothered at all by losing a game because they think thoughts like, well, that was fun or I like that game. So it's always the thoughts inside our kids' heads that dictate their emotions. And we don't get to choose what thoughts they think. You can ask your children to hide their privileges from the two-year-old until he grows older and learns to manage his emotions better. Just make sure they're choosing to do this out of kindness, not obligation. Your youngest gets to feel and express whatever emotion he wants to, and no one has to feel responsible for that. You don't want to get into a situation where one child controls the whole family. either. That gets yucky. (laughs) If allowing a child to lose a game is an opportunity to teach the art of losing gracefully, then think of your son's tantrum as an opportunity for the family to detach from his expression of emotions. And my hunch is that your nine-year-old and your six-year-old are already pretty detached. It's really mama that is ready to detach and say, he can have a meltdown and it doesn't make me a bad mom. It doesn't mean I've done something wrong. It doesn't mean my whole day is going to be ruined. It can just be he's choosing to have a tantrum right now. Well, what gets in our way from detaching from our children's meltdowns? Our own thoughts and beliefs like he shouldn't act this way. If I was a good mom, I would be able to prevent this meltdown. I can't deal. This is too much to handle is not a helpful thought. None of those are very helpful. Expressing emotions is not just normal, but it's super important. We need kids to yell, scream, stomp, rage, cry, collapse, forgive, apologize, and move on because it's a sign of healthy emotional development. This is how children are supposed to behave because this is how emotions are processed. The natural consequences of your youngest freaking out are that his older siblings aren't going to be, want him to be around. <laughs> they might invite him to play when he's being cute and funny. That's how these youngest kids learn to be so charming and socially savvy is there's a benefit to them. It's a There's a payoff. They get the attention of the older people in the house. So it's kind of like the natural consequences is that your kids, your older kids will either accept when he's being cute and funny and let him kind of play with them or reject him when he's throwing a fit and being loud and intense because they don't want to be around him. So this is just a natural consequence that will kind of teach him and train him to be more charming and cute and funny and less irritating and annoying because he's so motivated to get the attention of his older brother and sister. Today's supermom kryptonite is ignoring your instincts. So ignoring your instincts is common, but it can drain your energy because you can't put your finger on what's bothering you. I mean, Adrian, I love that you asked this question, because if you'd gone to any of your girlfriends and said that you were asking your older children to sneak, you know, and hide their remote and their toys and whatever, so the youngest didn't throw a tantrum, like all of us moms would be like, yeah, I've got no problem with that. That sounds logical. But there's something was nagging at you, like your instincts and your intuition was saying something was off. And when we have that feeling that something's off and we can't put our finger on it, it kind of nags at us. It bothers us. It's like a puzzle we're trying to solve. So that today's this is today's supermom kryptonite is ignoring your instincts because it can kind of drain your energy because it's just this thing like nagging at the corners of our mind. So my suggestion is to, you know, carve out time to try to figure it out, whether that's, you know, through life coaching or writing into the podcast or just writing in a journal and you know, really thinking it all through, like why is this bugging me? See if you could figure out exactly what your instincts are saying, like why is this triggering me? What do I think is wrong? Usually that we've got this cognitive dissonance, these two competing beliefs going on at the same time. Like one says it's fine and the other one says it's not fine. So really flesh it out onto paper. Pay attention to where you have kind of enough mental space for your intuition and your best ideas to come to you. Like where do you get your best ideas? Where do you access your intuition? A lot of the times it's in the shower or driving in the car when we're kind of zoning out and you know, our body's busy, but we're not really, our brain's not busy, going for a walk, you'll be amazed how much more energy you have when you're aligned with your own integrity. When your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are all in line with your values, it's an incredible feeling and so worth taking the time to be aligned with your integrity. Today's Supermom Power Boost is allowing your kids to learn by experience. So I was on a sailing catamaran in Hawaii this week. We were whale watching and there was a family with three young boys. Now there's a part of the boat that's covered in this taut netting. I've always seen this on the Bachelor or Bachelorette show. Whenever they go on a sailboat, it's this taut netting. And it's strong enough to sit on, but if you drop anything, it goes right through and to the bottom of the ocean. So this family of three was there and her oldest boy, Jack, saw this netting stretched above the water and he immediately started walking towards it with big eyes and a tentative step. He put his weight onto his first foot. Then he put his second foot on and both of his weight standing on this net. Then he looked back at his parents and asked, can I go on here? (laughs) he asked after his entire body weight was on the netting. His younger brother Noah sat on the solid surface of the boat, safe in his mom's arms for the first, maybe third of the trip. Only after watching his brother, his dad, other passengers sit, walk, bounce, then he felt ready to try it himself and walk on the netting. By the time Noah, the second child, had warmed up, this new experience, Jack was already off climbing into the sail, exploring below deck and getting into mischief. It is possible, Adrian, that your youngest son is an experiential learner like Jack. How a child approaches new situations is hardwired into their personality. So it could be the youngest child syndrome thing, where he's trying to keep up with the older kids, or it could be that this is just his personality. He would always be this way. Some kids' natural instinct is to observe before they step in. Other kids leap before they look. If you have a kid who likes to jump in and try things before getting all the information or receiving permission from mom and dad, try to let them do it as long as it's safe. Now, these are the kids you really have to watch and make sure they stay safe. But try to let him, even at two years old, like cook in the microwave, you know, get close enough to a hot oven to experience the heat firsthand, rather than kind of saying like it's hot and preventing him from ever touching it. Kind of let him feel the heat. You know, maybe you might need to let him eat so much candy that he throws up. (laughs) Two might be a little young because he probably won't remember, probably better around like Four or something to have that experience that will hopefully last them a lifetime. Let him try to put together Legos that are for age seven and up, or play a game that says, you know, age eight and up on the side. See if he can figure out how to work the TV remote. Like, this might not put a stop to his tantrums, but he's. This anger and this drive that he has to will be focused on a rage to master a skill rather than at you, the person that is blocking him from doing what he wants to do. If you can accept his personality and the loud tantrums that go along with it, you can start to see it as amusing rather than a problem that you need to solve. Today's quote of the day is by Sam Levinson siblings, children of the same parents, each of whom is perfectly normal until they get together. You super moms have a wonderful day. Good rest of your week and aloha. Don't forget to download this podcast and tell your friends about it. Try to get the word out. Thanks so much. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question. And you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.